Like a motherfucking G. <laughs> is there something um, we're missing in his career where he thinks he's a rapper? This is Art School Awesome yes, Podcast for all the Trap House rap fans. It's a Trap House rap podcast. It is not. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway, um, t- okay, today we're going to talk about Beatrice Wood. Thank god. And lucky for us, we are going to have Beatrice Wood like talk about a lot of this stuff with us. Because we have so much of her words. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's true and so uh yeah just um watch out for that I, I don't know where lizzie is she's around we'll find her later on. lizzie you here no oh that's, i guess she's not that's here. sorry that's my ringtone I, I'm, that's so <laughs> rude of me I got, lizzie here. does all my ringtones i'm just got oh that's so embarrassing that's a weird ringtone okay. uh, is it though it. wait hold on i'm getting an email this is what it sounds like yes yeah it doesn't <laughs> it make works. i don't know my sounds just make it yeah i gotta there's an update on my phone uh, so, so beatrice wood or the mama of Dada was an American artist and studio potter, the daughter of wealthy socialites. Wood was sent to Paris, where she studied um, art at the Academy Julian in Monet's hometown. I peeked through the leaves and saw Monet's glorious head, with its white hair, as he panted in his flower beds. His canvases looked exactly like the oils I had studied in the museums. I trembled as I spied this master. Wood found the education tedious ran away from her chaperone and moved into an attic room, which could only be accessed by a ladder. She lined the walls with her painted canvases. My mother, of course, heard I'd run away from this old lady of thirty, and she came down to find me, and I can still see her climbing this ladder with her high heel shoes. She was very elegant, with a black satin dress, with a real hand embroidery at her throat, and a wonderful hat and feathers. She said, look at the cobwebs. And I never said a word. She took me back to Paris. What then? <laughs> these are quotes. These are the most spectacularly boring moments I've ever <laughs> My mom was cleaning. And then, if I say it normally, if I say it like a normal Shut your peasant mouth. Cobwebs are fascinating. Miss be nice w- to our guests. I'm, be- I'm trying <laughs> I'm to be nice to our guests. I'm a guest here. But if I told the same story, like, my mom was dressed nice and then she, like, cleaned up some... She said, ah, oh, the dog peed on the carpet. My yeah, life used to be more boring before the internet. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I mean, she said she was hanging out with Manet or Monet. Who was she hanging out with? Manet? Manet? Not hanging out no. with him, but I she could see... I just saw him. She could, yes. see, she could see him. She trembled at Manet. Monet! <laughs> Two Monet. very different artists. <laughs> I, 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 I guess I hope I'm not, you know, misinterpreting the way something is pronounced from a crazy voice. There but are the boy- <laughs> different artists that you're talking about, and one of them I spied for a little people, and one of them I didn't. <laughs> so maybe if you would just shut your mouth, you'd learn something. So yes, let's learn. Wood then took to studying acting at the Comédie Francaise. I was taken to the theater, the opera. And I attended the first performance of Stravinsky's The Rite of Spring. Scandalously innovative. Half the audience booed the piece while the other half cheered. World War I forced Wood to return to the United States, where she continued acting with a French repertory company in New York City, performing over 60 roles in two years. She worked for several years performing on stage. I was interested in the theater as an art, and after a few years in it, gave it up. 
you know, acting is very fascinating. <laughs> Being an actress is not. Because you become so concentrated on yourself. And your smile and the way you move your head and the way you look. And really, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> She's just saying things. That's what I'm saying. Miss Wiz, could, you, could you describe how a salad is made? You take a head of lettuce and you chop it in half and then you shred part of it and you put it in a bowl and you toss it, preferably with ivory forks. Now let me finish my statement about the theater. <laughs> I played over 60 parts, but in one of them, only one of them, did I move the audience. It was a love scene, of course, with the company's <laughs> leading man, Reuben. Oh. It sounds He was a fake. sandwich. <laughs> he was the only actor who ever paid any attention to me. Each time we played our love scene, each time, <laughs> the audience responded loudly to the passionate vibrations while the leading lady started with beady eyes from the wings. Oh, stared, excuse me. This just, it just sounds like she just did it. She was just doing it in a theater. I don't think this was a real performance. I'm convinced that this was just, she was a doing it with some dog. Real acting is committing yourself wholeheartedly to the role and whatever that entails. Was there a ticket sold or was it just, did he call you into the theater and then? I performed over 60 parts. There were tickets sold. <laughs> <laughs> For every single one of those parts. Every single one of those parts. There were tickets sold. So while working as an actress, a friend told Beatrice about a Frenchman who was in the hospital with a broken leg. He Why? Was... <laughs> hey, Beatrice, there's a Frenchman. Was he also hospital. named after a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> My friend Sloppy Joe. sounds Joe. delicious. <laughs> He's covered in au jus. <laughs> so, you don't uh, cover it in au jus, you dip it. Have some class. Yeah, come on, you dip, dip, dip. You don't cover you anything in au jus. <laughs> What kind of sandwich would it be? That's a uh, that's a French Canadian sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, what's the thing with French well, fries and gravy? Poutine. Poutine. Yeah. <laughs> it's French Canadian. It's not French or Is Canadian. Is those you just gravy? Oh, this is no, what I'm saying. He doesn't dress up. He doesn't know what gravies are. Dipping <laughs> sauce that you dip a sandwich in. It's 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 the runoff of cooking meat a little Ms. bit. How dare you make Miss Woods so. explain? Don't waste your time explaining what what a jus is to this Excuse young me, fella. I was raised in a yacht club in, in Paris. So this, <laughs> this young yacht girl club grew up in Paris, <laughs> notably not a seaside city. Well, for for the plebeians who can't afford land boats, club. sure, yes. There are still yacht enthusiasts in landlocked places. There's like one river. There's like one river. There's one river. I'm sure there's been a yacht in there at least once. So this man who was in the hospital with the broken leg, he's very lonely. Okay, and he had Swoon. no he had no one to talk to. It Swoon turned out double. it turned out to be the composer Edgard Verres, who introduced her to Marshal Duchamp and Henri Pierre Rocher. Can we get a year? This was like early 1900s. Okay. So during their visit, Beatrice recalls a particularly funny scenario. <laughs> 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 How are y'all doing tonight? Are you guys having a wonderful week? I don't give a shit. Great, crowd work over. <laughs> Mid-sentence, a buzzing fly flew into my open mouth. I didn't know what to do. Spit it out? Cry for help? Faint? No. Well brought up girl. No well brought up girl. No well brought up girl. Could spit in front of a man. So I swallowed the fly alive and batting its wings. I've probably eaten Stranger Things since. What? <laughs> uh, angered the What's gods. A, isn't there like a poem about a woman that swallowed a fly and she doesn't know why? Yes. Yeah. From, from Nantucket, I believe. Really? No. Come on. No. Get the... I don't know why. Yes. I don't know why like she swallowed there, that there fly. There was an old lady who swallowed a fly. 
Yes. Shh. Poetry reading. <laughs> Can I get some snaps? In unison. In unison. There. There was an old lady who swallowed a fly. I don't know why she swallowed that fly. Perhaps she'll die. This is already the worst poem. <laughs> There's more. There's no. We're not doing more. <laughs> and then she swallows a spider and a bird and a cat and a dog and a goat. Yeah, oh, it's a, a ridiculous poem. It's not a hazel or a villanelle. It's a nonsense poem for children and infants. So we really? don't need to talk about it. Oh, I thought, I've read I thought some, that was E.E. Cummings. I've read some lovely poetry by So together with Marcel Duchamp and his friend... Henry Pierre Rocher. Henry Pierre Rocher. They published the Blind Man magazine briefly in 1917. It was influential as the first publication by Dadaists in the United States. Beatrice quickly fell in love with Rocher. My God, he's wonderful. A man who had slept with hundreds of women. But I don't care. I can fix him. I have slept with hundreds of women. We're going to do some dialogue uh, throughout this. (laughs) And this is real dialogue. So I I read Beatrice's autobiography, which is fantastic, by the way. We actually have Rocher in the room. Right, of course. Yeah. Where is he? He was He's taking a leak. Uh, he's coming in right Madalena, now. Madalena, why don't you go find mm-hmm. him? I'll, I'll go fetch him. Go fetch him. Okay, are right. you all ready to start? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Russia Grant is going to is gonna read the stage directions. Or his uh, past life uh, gr- grunt. Mr. Roche, <laughs> Mr. Roche is in the room. Mr. Roche, if you could please put, there's a tarp over there. Put it over your crotch. The scent of a hundred women is just wafting oh. over oh, here. Oh, my bed. <laughs> my bed. Ah, oh, it's disgusting. How <laughs> dare you speak thusly in front of a lady? Ah, uh. Anyway, do you want any bugs? We put out a plate for Roche, you. do you recall, uh, you know, that night? Do you remember what you said? Oh, yes, of course. Absolutely. What'd you say? Uh, well, let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> that is a nice drawing. An early Marie Loris, yeah? Come, <laughs> take off your head. No, I think I will keep it on. Then I will take it off. Beatrice lowered her eyes and smiled. The next move was up to Roche, without any word. They were in each other's arms. Rocher carried Beatrice to bed. You are a virgin. I must not ruin your life. I love you. We will lie here, and I will think what to do. I would marry you, but I cannot. I have never believed in marriage. I would marry you all the same, but before we go on, I must tell you something. You should know that for 20 years, I had a mistress in Paris. (gasps) The last five years, we have not lived together. We are like brother and sister. I cannot marry her because she comes from a lower class. But she is a good, sweet woman. I cherish her. She understands I must be free. But it would kill her if I married someone else. I'm amused. (laughs) Amused. And it's amusing to hear about my life. Let's hear more. It's not not that amusing. I would not be shocked if it was like... In, in 1922, Woods got finger banged Excuse at a hotel. Me, <laughs> like, like what is this? Can we get to work? We are so going to get to that. Beatrice, Just one more finger banging Beatrice story. Woods, a lot of finger banging stories. <laughs> Beatrice Woods' oh, career yes. <laughs> as an artist of note began when she created an abstraction to tease Duchamp that anyone could create modern art. Duchamp was impressed by the work. Arranging <laughs> of course he was. Chazasses. <laughs> This is actually a drawing of her mother climbing up the stairs. Oh, this is, oh, so this is relevant. Finally, this yes, all makes that's sense. That's my mother climbing up the stairs, <laughs> as she would do every morning in one of her many Chanel suits. This one in particular depicts a particular Chanel suit from the year 1918 in which the ass of the woman is exposed. It was very controversial at the time and was Stories. later recalled by the Stories. fashion house. 
<laughs> Duchamp was impressed by Beatrice's work, arranging to have it published in the magazine and inviting her to work in his studio. It was here that she developed her style of spontaneous sketching and painting that continued throughout her life. Sp- All of my life. Spontaneous meaning lazy? Volume spontaneous two. <laughs> meaning inspired. So, volume two of the of the magazine, of the Blind Man magazine, is best known for their reaction to the rejection of Duchamp's fountain in, into an open exhibition. So, the piece was mostly rejected because um, the curators, curators were, which were actually friends of Woods, were worried that they would be arrested if they were sho- if they had showed the piece in public. It's just a toilet to wait for Pipi Kaka. No, it's not a toilet. No, it's it a is. Urinal. It is, honey. Mrs. Wo- Mrs. It is a urinal. Bitch, I love you, baby, it but it's a, a toilet. It is a urinal. That's a kind of a standing toilet thing. What do you want me to say <laughs> on your show? Very nuanced understanding. Marcel Duchamp, will you please read Beatrice's work about your urinal piece? Yes, I will. She wrote this I article. I'd she, like you I to love read Beatrice. It. I, I, I get confused. I put a white stripe down her back. I think she's a skunk. Um. <laughs> Wood actually had a piece that Duchamp encouraged her to enter um, into this particular exhibit. And I'm not just a muse, I'm also an artist. And it stirred up its own controversy, and it was called Un peu de eau dans du savon. So it's a fairly abstract nude of a uh, torso of a woman in a bathtub with a piece of soap in the tactical position. A real soap. It's it's, uh, it's in front of her. It's right vagina. There. Yeah. Her mom's pubis. A real soap was placed there instead of painting it, and the painting attracted more attention than any other entry. Crowds stood in front of it, chuckling. Though Beatrice was mostly involved with Rocher, the two often spent time with Duchamp, and biogra- biographies of Wood have associated Rocher's 1956 novel Jules et Jim and the film adaptation from the 60s with this relationship. But it's kind of a misconception, especially with the film, because it's actually properly associated with a different love triangle that Rocher was in. Um, and so, but the book may have been influenced a little bit by Wood. So This guy looks like Frankenstein. This is the next guy. So this is not Rocher. This is Willem Dafoe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he does look like... Don't cast aspersions about my lovers. So... Um, We're staring at the Green Goblin we right do, now. We He's do, very attractive to me. Kill Spider-Man. We do have Genius. A, make me a painting. We do have a scene now um, where, unfortunately, Beatrice and Roche, they they have to break up. Something happened. Why, why do they have to break up? I, I guess we're going to find out now. Roche? Yes. A fly is buzzing around the lamp. Yes. You have been unfaithful to me. Roche stops typing. Yes. Oh, it was nothing. It did not mean a thing. Alyssa, my friend, Alyssa? Yes. Roche kisses Beatrice's cheek. Never had he been so tender. Little one, believe me, it did not mean a thing. I do not love her. I was calling on her, talking about the book. The fire reflected on her white neck, and it happened. For the witness of a neck, Rocher had the whiteness. Whiteness. <laughs> Hi, my name's Tom. I just witnessed her neck. Sorry, I'll go. I'll go now. It seems really. White, it seems like for, a, a, a goodbye, moment. Tom. Sorry, I just want to say Tom. I witnessed her neck. Bye, Tom. Okay. For the white wet. Can we edit that? The wetness. <laughs> hey, hey, it's Tom's back. It's this a pretty wet neck as well. For for Mary, this is the edit. <clears throat> Wait, no, no way. God damn it! <laughs> for 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 the witness. Of, how have you been able to go in auditions, Grant? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I just have a look. I mostly get picked for because I look mentally disabled. <laughs> <laughs> for the whiteness of the neck, Roche had thrown away their relationship. I cannot understand, although I do understand. But it is so terrible for me that I cannot go on. This is the end between us. Roche tears, tears fell on Beatrice's cheeks and hers on his. For an hour, they remained in each other's arms, with tears pouring down her face. Beatrice took the subway and went home. I'm going to take the subway. Goodbye forever. An hour? And because of her financial troubles, Wood decided to work in vaudeville for a while. She explored some... Where is vaudeville located? Underneath the... the, the, the you plebe. Don't you know that vaudeville is just the theater for the paupers of the world? <laughs> I feel like, uh... I debased myself going into vaudeville. I'm an actress of the theater. Yourself? No, I debased myself by simply performing in a vaudeville setting. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's Have you seen work. how I've dressed myself? <laughs> Beatrice, you are the worst. Audio listeners. <laughs> so she, she explored some romantic endeavors with some of the actors while she was there. There was an acrobat whose specialty was falling off tables. When he was not performing, he wore thick lensed glasses. The muscles on his neck stood out like ropes, though his skin was soft as milk. Deciding I had to stop being prudish, I spent a night with him. When he called me his sweet cookie while eating sausage with a knife, I decided that I could learn about life elsewhere. I consoled myself with the thought that none of my friends could claim the dubious distinction of having slept with a man who fell off tables for a living. So this guy, he's just got this milky, muscly neck. He has, eating no, sausages he has a in his milky complexion a and ro- a ropey neck, and he wears thick lens glasses, and for his profession, he falls off of tables. Is this a snake? Were you dating a snake? Just dating, dating a literal no, snake? No, he was a, a vaudevillian snake? performer. I told you already that I seriously debased myself by becoming involved with him, but oh, he was so sexy. This, this just sounds this, like Voltimore. His Voltamart. ropey neck. <laughs> so Wood continued to experience trouble with Paul as their relationship soured. He would constantly threaten to kill her and her family, and one night it was so terrible that she quickly wrote a note and slipped it under her desk that read, If I am killed, Paul has done it. If I am killed, Paul has done it. Like, like, uh, like, uh, whatchamacallit, conscious dreaming, I recommend everybody do this, because it's a great scheme. <laughs> if you die at, like, 83 of natural causes, Just blame someone else. Craig did it. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with this person? So finally, Wood's mother was able to find his first wife in Europe and reconcile Wood's troubles. Shortly after, while in a play, Beatrice met Reginald Pohl. Wait, his name is Reginald Pohl? Reginald Pohl. Reginald Pohl. And they fell in love. Of course. My name is Reginald Pohl. Shut up, Reginald. Okay. So they both joined the Theosophical Society, dedicated to the study of world religion and occult sciences, and here is the first night that they were together. We have Reginald here as well. Oh, my Reginald. I know it's late, but would you like to take a walk before you return to New York? <laughs> it is not too late. I can start back any time. But if you take a walk, then it will be too late for you to get back to New York. Ah. Do I have to go back? No. No. Beatrice held her breath as they entered the hotel. <laughs> Why don't you... I can hold my breath. <laughs> <laughs> Are you holding your breath? I am. I was until I Listeners started talking. Listeners at home, hold your breath. 30, hold your breath. 40. Why don't you 
come upstairs and rest a bit. Back in his room, Reginald and Beatrice share a delicious moment full of anticipation. I have a hair comb and a toothbrush with me. <laughs> this is the worst episode of Penthouse Forum! It's just nothing is erotic! <laughs> Wait, Reginald's response? You are a naughty girl. Okay, there we go. Reginald kisses her neck, head, and mouth. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tom. I witnessed your neck. I'm just working the hotel. Tom, get out of here! I just saw your neck! I heard the Tom, neck. it's over. Goodbye! I love you! Tom, no! Later, in bed, Reginald asks, How did you happen, happen, to bring a toothbrush and comb? Perhaps I'm a mind reader. No. You are a realist. <laughs> I want to put a poll out there to the audience. How many people ever know they're going to get laid and bring a toothbrush? This is the nicest person in the world. <laughs> yeah, you can do some pretty sexy things with a toothbrush. Oh, man. oh, have you ever scraped somebody with a comb centrally? My God. I'm a big fan of ASMR. I know about scraping people with comb centrally. Have you ever had a one-night stand where you brushed a stranger's teeth? These are like these are like crossed-off names for yes. Jim Croce really? songs. Yes. You brushed You're somebody's disgusting. teeth? Yes. Their teeth? Yes. Good for you. Oh my gosh. Oh, you guys, I, uh, this is the least erotic episode of all time. It's all about this girl getting laid. Over the course of seven years, the two fell out of love, but there were other reasons, notably his laziness and aversion to work. He also said to her once, I cannot love a woman once I have touched her. Byron. <laughs> God. Byron Man, fell used out. to suck. Wait, <laughs> used to? Ooh, wait, wait, wait. This is a really this great. Is so good. Listen just to shut up. This is a good Actually, quote. do you want to read it? Yeah, yeah. Where is it? Byron fell out of love with the woman who inspired him when he saw her eating. I agree with that. I agree 100%. People shouldn't sleep in the same bed and they shouldn't eat in the same room. I, I, I'm, I'm 100% on I think eating should be a private thing. I, I'm, I don't, have, I don't no. have like an eating disorder, but I'm saying I think it's a gross thing. I think we'd be much better off. I don't want to get off. too personal you don't like here, family Let's dinner. get personal. Definitely lose a lot of weight every time I start dating someone because I don't want to eat in front of them. That's what I'm saying. Cheers. We actually eat each other's food and then spit it into each other's mouth. To like birds. Like that's birds. disgusting. That's yeah, disgusting. That, that's our love. Birds that's... can't spit. They don't have saliva. Oh, they can't? No, birds have a gullet. They have a gizzard. They, they, I they, would they like the listener fact, to uh, inspect bird mouths for saliva to determine. Just go true. out into your backyard and find a bird. Clench it in your fist and inspect its mouth for saliva. Just grab- Mrs. Woods, as I understand it, that was one of your favorite hobbies. Shut your whore mouth. She would actually <laughs> grab a finch and scream at its mouth, Are you dry? Are you dry? Wait. Did you, Byron isn't Lord Byron. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Lord wait, Byron. so wait, that is a famous person. Okay, yeah, yes. we need to read the whole thing together. Yeah. So this is I'm the whole not, thing together because you read the second part. So uh, the whole thing there, that Reginald Paul said is, I cannot love a woman once I have touched her. Byron fell out of love with the woman who inspired him when he saw her eating. I'm sorry, I just want to jump in here and go on a quick rant about Lord Byron. Uh, There's a subset of miniature painting that's really interesting where it's just miniature painting of of eyes. And the vast majority of these paintings that were created and then later worn as small works of jewelry uh, are attributed to be one of Lord Byron's eyes because he was extremely loose. (laughs) <laughs> so, so that he slept down enough that he slept with this artist who then he, did no, no, it. he he slept with a lot of people that he, they all wanted to wear one of his eyes secretly as though he was their lover on them as a piece of jewelry. I love that yeah, exhibitionism cool. at yeah. large. Yeah. Very cool. So ultimately, Reginald left Wood for an eighteen-year-old girl, and it didn't work out. So Wood moved to California shortly thereafter. Cue Joni Mitchell song that I don't have the rights to. Just hum it in your mind. 
<laughs> so while on a trip to the Netherlands, Wood bought a pair of Baroque plates with a luster glaze. She wanted to find a matching teapot to go along with it, but was unsuccessful. Deciding to make the teapot herself, she enrolled in a ceramics class at Hollywood High School. Hollywood High School. Hollywood High School. <laughs> well, Hollywood. Hollywood High School. I was just going to say Hollywood High, and then I was like, school. <laughs> my, na- my name's Devin. I don't really care about art, but I'm so good at it. My name's Tony. I like to surf. Oh, man. You just got to bring in love into your heart. You stole Becca from me. Hollywood High School. Hi, I'm Becca, and I go to Hollywood High School, and I want to be an actress when I grow up, and I've studied all the techniques, Miser, Stanislav, I've done it all. I'm totally great. Also, I just got my boobs done because I just turned 18. Hey. My name's Shade. I'm 47. I don't know why I'm here. (laughs) Shade's like the only one that gets me. So anyway, throughout her long career in ceramics, she never did make the matching teapot. This hobby turned into a passion that would last over the next 60 years. I need to find the perfect place for my teapot. 60 (laughs) years late. So while her teachers control... um, over their works through mastery of technique, Beatrice, um, her work is more loose and unconventional by comparison, freely exploring form, glaze combinations, and happenstance, exhibiting an embrace of artistic na- naivete and the unexpected result of the kiln. The kiln. <laughs> So, in 1947, Beatrice felt that her career was established enough for her to build a home. Her work had been included in exhibitions at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art and the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, and she was receiving orders from major department stores, including Neiman Marcus, Gump's, and Marshall Fields. I love Gump's. You love going to Gump's? (laughs) I don't know about Gump's. (laughs) I only like the Gump's that's located deep in the forest. (laughs) Do you you really know what Gump's is? No, I was making a joke. (laughs) Listen, I loved your job. I'm ready to talk about more of my work now that I've made a funny. <laughs> now, in pottery, I make figures. And a lot of people think they're perfectly horrible. Maybe they are. I have no idea. But I purposely keep these figures unschooled. Now, I've been told that my pottery is elegant, tradition and all that. But these figures are something entirely different. And I think that's the impact of Marcel in a certain direction. But I don't want to keep them schooled. It's, it's a fascinating thing. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I know actors that refuse to watch movies. I know I know uh, uh, people that refuse to do this. The unschooled mind. What do you? What do you? I, I, that's fa- this is the first time in her career that I've heard something. And I'm like, yeah, like like dealing with the fact that the kiln fucks up stuff all the time, and that mm-hmm. most pottery people focus on being this pristine machine that's simply a part of it. Like, how do you guys feel about the oh, idea? Oh, I definitely of the relate to like the idea of honing your own craft to a certain degree like uh not letting outside influences but i also have a mind that's like a sponge and if i hear or see something sometimes i'm not sure like did i dream it did i think of it did i see it somewhere else and i don't like to regurgitate things so Mm -hmm. i i consciously avoid a lot of things but i i do think there is something bad about that and that you're not seeing what other people are doing in right. your vein of work it's isn't also there? a tap you can't untap isn't it yeah you can't once you learn it you're schooled that's there's, it there's a museum like once you pop you can't stop well, it's there's a museum the Pringles theory <laughs> in Baltimore this is where by you're from and it's all untrained artists oh yeah and the I'm visionary very... artist museum that, yeah. I, that I don't like it's really good no, see, no it's awesome you'd love it <laughs> no but I you mean, would, you would love about. that stuff you, you would hate oh. it in theory but if you saw the work and you like uh, you would love it but I yeah okay. You will love it, Mike. So we don't have much time left, so I'm going to kind of speed through this, and then we're going to talk about the end of her life. 
So our or hers? Mine. Beatrice. We've predicted your future, Mike. <laughs> so Beatrice um, went to Japan, and she also um, went to India, and that inspired her ceramics a lot. Um, and so she was able to go like on a tour um, where she was invited by the American State Department. Um, and then eventually in the 70s, she built a home um, on the Happy Valley Foundation. So there is one, um, so two weird. small things I want to say before we end. One is that her best known book is her autobiography, I Shock Myself, which is what I've been getting a lot of this info from, what a lot of the quotes are from. And it's really funny and it's awesome because it's mostly love affairs. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do this quote? Because this is so fucking good. Yes, of course. Okay. I'll just read it back. Uh, when asked the secret to her longevity, she would respond, I owe it all to chocolate and young men. <laughs> <laughs> she partially inspired the character of Rose DeWitt in James Cameron's I would have Titanic. done an entirely different voice had I known this previously. <laughs> <laughs> so after the I direct- just hate diamonds. Let me throw this one off this boat. After um, the director read her biography um, while he was developing the film. So Beatrice died nine days after her 105th birthday in California, and she was invited to attend the premiere. This was obviously before she died, but she was too ill. No, so- Cameron <laughs> might have been after. So the dead lady. <laughs> Instead, James Cameron and Gloria Stewart, who played Beatrice in the film, dined with her and presented her with a video of the movie. Beatrice declined to watch it because she believed that it would be sad and that it was too late in life to be sad. If everyone had known to not watch the Titanic because it was going to be sad, no one would have watched the Titanic. <laughs> no, it's super sad. I remember it came on two VHSs when I was a boy. Do you when know about the alternate it endings? When they released in 3D, uh-uh. I went to see it, and then immediately afterwards we were on the subway, and some guy was sadly playing the cello, and every single person I was with started weeping. These were all <laughs> grown-ass adults weeping openly on the subway because we just watched Titanic, and there was a guy playing the was cello. He, was, he going, was he going down with the subway? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been an honor to serve with you. Well, that was an interesting ride. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, uh, I'm glad that we did it. It was definitely a di- uh, different... Uh, take on what we normally do, but uh, I thought she was really interesting. Like uh, the yeah, no, an these. interesting yeah. figure in that period mm-hmm. of art history that I think yeah. a lot of people know a lot about. But those background figures are often, in and of themselves, very it, interesting. It makes me want to hear an episode about all of Picasso's wives, which would be a great <laughs> episode in itself. Like yeah. there are the yeah. fact is is that what we see as outsiders in any art community is what comes out and we never we don't always get the background story but it is always essential every piece of art has about 20 pages of literature written about it you can't understand the art unless you read the literature she just kind of like reminded me of like Zelda Fitzgerald or somebody you know like, or Zelda from Ocarina of Time yep totally. <laughs> that's what I was yep. thinking that's uh, what uh, Zelda thinking. is about it's Muse like we were talking about Sky Fitzgerald Retour. earlier so as soon as you said Zelda I was like oh Fitzgerald yeah <laughs>